Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Zayin in Maseches Psachim, in the middle, in the heart of Rav Chanina's Ganakahanim, discussing Tuma and Tara Garanowitz. This is the source of Tuma and Tara in the Gemara. Okay, so we're four lines up on Tet Zayin Amad Bez, where it says Tashma. We remember we were talking about the topic was liquids. The status of liquids, we said that can liquids, in fact, be Mechabal Tumah? Or maybe they can't be Mechabal Tumah. Um, the issue is, are they Mechabal Tumah Midor Raisa or not? We know that there's, of course, a, a Derabanan prohibition. Um, but the question is, is, it, is there a Derabanan Raisa prohibition? If there was, in fact, a Raisa prohibition, if it was also Midor Raisa, in the sense that the liquids were Mechabal Tumah Midor Raisa, then even in the base of Mikdash, they would be also. However, because we don't, because we, in the base of Mikdash, we want things to be able to run more smoothly, for lack of a better way of explaining it, we suspend a lot of the Durabanans in the base of Mikdash. And so Rav said that Mida Raisa, liquids are not Mikabal Tumah, and they don't transmit Tumah. And we had a lot, uh, we had a whole bunch of um, different sources up until now, today we'll say the last source, to try to tell Rav, hey Rav, it doesn't sound like that. It doesn't sound like liquids don't become Tame. And yet, he was able to explain uh, one after the other, how those sources, although they sound like they say that you, that liquids are not raisa, they don't really mean. Um, one of the more striking ones that we discussed yesterday was, in fact, it says the pasuk in fact says, "Mikol." This is in Vayikra Yud Aleph Lamedalit. Mikol haochel asher yachel asher yavolav mine yit yitama that anything any food that you eat um, and the liquid comes onto it, it will become tamei. And then it says v'chol mashke asher yishaseh. And similarly, all drinks should become tummy. Well, that really sounds like liquids are mikabal tumah. However, the Gemara at that point said yesterday that it's referring to the idea of hechsher, that solids, in order to become tummy, need to uh, be in, uh, moistened by one of the seven liquids. And so, and we explained yesterday why we need both parts of that puzzle. So here's our final challenge. Tashma, four lines up from the bottom of the Zainim base. Okay, the puzzle says the following. Hain yisa ish besar kodesh bechnaf bigdo. Okay, this text is not from what we call Chumash, but it's from Chagai. Okay, this is an interesting interlude between Chagai and the Kohanim. They were coming back to the base of Mikdash. Not everybody was coming back. This is after the Chorban. Not everybody was coming back in Chagai. And so Chagai was testing to see whether the Kohanim knew the laws of Tumah and Tara. Right? They were coming back from Golzbovel. And like in the Golas today, we do not have Tumah and Tara. It had been part of daily life, but without the base of Mikdash. They were not doing it. So just like they came back then and they tried to test themselves in the halachas of Tumantara, Mezrat Hashem, we will come back and test ourselves in the halachas of Tumantara very soon. So, anyways, Chagai is testing the Kohanim. Do you know what's going on? The Pasuk records this discussion as follows. Here's the Fahir, as we call it, right? Here's the test, the Bechina. He's asking them. Let's say a person is carrying a contaminated, contaminated basar, right? Contaminated meat, flesh, in the corner of his garment. So the truth is, Besar Kodesh is, uh, is a nice way of saying a sheretz. Besar Kodesh, it's Lashem Saginar. Besar Kodesh really means pure flesh, but Kodesh, right, holy flesh, but what it really means is a sheretz, which we know is one of the Av HaTumas, okay? And then, And let's say he touches, this coin touches with the, the corner of the garment, bread, stew, wine, oil, or anything else edible. Hayikdash. Will it be contaminated? So this is literally a test, right? They're having a test. He's asking the Kohanim, 
in such a scenario, will it be contaminated? Now, the Gemara is going to explain, and you have to explain it now, what is exactly did he mean? It sounds like, if you just read the Pasuk, that it means like he had some sort of flesh on the, on the corner of his garment, and then that, that corner of a garment or the flesh touched any one of these things, stew, wine, oil, or anything like that. But the Gemara very clearly points out that what he meant was, let's say you have a sheretz, and it's in the corner of the garment, and that sheretz touches bread, which in turn touches the stew, which in turn touches wine, which is kodesh, and then that touches the oil, right? So he's talking about a chain reaction. Why is he talking about chain reaction? Because as we said in the introduction yesterday, there is something called Rishon, Shani, Shlishi, and Revi, Latuma. We're talking with regards to Tuma about degrees of separation. We're also saying that the more holy, so to speak, something is, the more susceptible it is to the Tuma, such that Chulin, regular foods, are susceptible to a Shani, Latuma, the second degree, right, Tuma. And, right, Truma is susceptible to a third degree Tuma. And Kachim, which is the question here in this finals exam that Chagai is giving the Kahanim, is susceptible to a Revi, Latuma. And so what he was trying to figure out was, do they understand the concept of the transmission? Do they understand what we just discussed, the idea of the Revi, Latuma? How are they going to handle this chain reaction where one thing touches another, and then touches another, and touches another? And so in the Pasuk, the Kohanim, here in this case, the Kohanim said, no, it's not, it does not become Tommy. So as we arrive at Yudzayim and Aleph, finally, at the auspicious time of 542 a.m., Rav said that the Kohanim were wrong. They said that the oil was tar, but in fact the oil is Tameh. So this seems to fly in the face of Rav. Why? Because Rav himself says that liquids do not become Tameh. And yet, here he's saying, in the base of Mikdash, where they're returning to, and may we, Bezrat Hashem, return to soon, in the base of Mikdash, Rav is saying that the liquids are in fact becoming Tameh. So if he holds that the liquids don't become Tameh Daraisa, how does he think that the Kohanim are wrong, right? In other words, the Kohanim said that it's Tahor. That would have been consistent with Rav, but Rav himself said that it's Tameh. How can Rav say that liquids become Tameh if he holds that they don't? So says the Gemara, Midihu Taima, Rav. Do you think that that question is only relevant to, to, to Rav? So he says like this, Rav, Mashkeh, Beis, Mitbechayetane. Rav was talking before when he was referring to uh, Rav Yosef and Yoezer's testimony yesterday, when we were talking about the testimony of where the blood it, or, and where the, where the liquids become Tameh, he was only talking about what? So we're going to use the following distinction. Mashke base mit versus Mashke be mid So reading inside, Rav Mashke base mit bechaya tame. Ava Mashke be mid bechaya metame. So it goes like this. Base mit bechaya. Do you ever notice that the word mitbach and mizbeach sound similar? And mitbach is where you shech things. That's the kitchen colloquially, right? That's where sarah tabachim, this week's parsha, <coughs> you have tabachim is slaughter. Where did they slaughter the animals? Not on the mizbeach, right? They had a slaughter section. Right in the Azara, where they did all the shechting. They didn't shech it on the Mizbeach itself. Okay, so Beit Mitbechaya is an area of slaughtering, the butchering place, as it were, where you have two kinds of liquids, blood and water. Okay, blood and water. And which is thicker? Is blood thicker than water? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter for this case, but you have blood and water. Okay, we discussed that yesterday. Beit Mitbechaya is the Mizbeach. Now, the Mizbeach has blood and water on it sometimes, but it also has wine and it also has oil. Right, the oil from the Menachos, and the wine from some of the carbonos where you pour the wine on the Mizbeach. So the Mizbeach is, in fact, more inclusive. Okay. So this here, Rashi is explaining that it's possible that what, what Rav was talking about in that case, when he was saying Ishtabesh Kahane, that was Tameh, was in fact, Rashi is giving us a history, a little bit of a history lesson. And he says, in fact, he was referring to all of the liquids. Right, Rav Mashke Bei Mitzvachai Tane, Aval Mashke Bei Mitzvachai Metame. So this is a difficult uh, little section to read in the Gemara because what it, it shifts out of talking about the Raisa and explains that perhaps the test that Rav, as Rav understood it, 
the test that Chagai was asking the Kohanim had to do with Durabanan. Because after all, Chagai was already a member of the Anshe Knesset Hagadola. And the Anshe Knesset Hagadola was already making Gzeros Durabanan. And it was already making Zeros Durabanan in the base of Mikdash. And so, obviously, if he's giving right, what we call in medical school and dental school a practical, right? If he's actually giving them a practical, is this tummy, is this not tummy in the base of Mikdash? So even if you held like Rav, let's say, and you were consistent and you held it Midar Raisa, it's not tame. Midar Abanan, in terms of practical means, it is tame. Right, because these things are in fact coming in Now, in the base of Mikdash, it wouldn't be because things that are midrabanan in the base of Mikdash are going to be t- uh, are going to be suspended. But that's what it means when it says base mitbechaya versus base midbechaya. Like the mitbach, right, the kitchen, it would be tame, right. But in right, But things like wine and oil, which are on the base of Mikdash, uh, are on the mizbeach, right. Then, then they are going to at least be susceptible to Tumah. So the question is, what is susceptible to Tumah and what is going to transfer Tumah? And so while it is somewhat confusing, contrary to Rabbi Gross, who thinks that these Gemaras are very easy, the bottom line here in the Gemara is to say that he was testing the the, um, the Kohanim as to whether they understood what was susceptible to Tumah mid-Durabonon. Okay, so that is Rav's opinion about 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 uh, liquids. And that is a sort of a full analysis of how he it matches up with all the sources. Okay, now that we've discussed that, let's go back back to this uh, um, discussion between Chagai and the Kohanim. There, we only read one Pasuk, there are more Pesukim, and we're going to see how this Kohanim's response measured up to Chagai's question. So again, the Kohanim said that the, after all of this um, uh, sheretz that's in someone's cloth touches, right, a stew that touches, um, well, it was a, uh, again, a stew that touches, right, a stew that touches the, the um, oh, I'm sorry, the bread that touches the stew, that touches the wine, that touches the oil, right? So bread and stew and wine and oil. So when that was, in that exchange, the Kohanim said that it was Tahar and Rav thought that it was incorrect. So let's see, Gufa. Rav Amar Ishtabash Kahani. Rav said that it was in fact incorrect what the Kohanim answered and that this chain reaction led up to a fourth degree Tumah that was in fact Tameh. And Shmuel said, actually, that was in fact the Machlokas Rabbi Shmuel. Shmuel said that the Kohanim were correct in saying that it was Tahar. Oh. So now we're going to elaborate what they meant. Because what Chagai was actually asking, the question is, what was the test, right? Sometimes you have a question on the test, and you want to know, what is the teacher trying to figure out? So according to the Gemara here, they're saying Rav is trying, that Chagai was trying to figure out, and the teacher, Chagai, was trying to teach, uh, figure out what is the case of a fourth-level Tumah in the case of Kachim. For Amrulei Tahar. They told him that a fourth level Tumah is Tahar. Now we know that that's not correct, right? We know that Kachim is so holy, so to speak, that it's the only thing that's susceptible even to a fourth level of Tumah. There is no such thing as a fifth level of Tumah. That we understand. But a fourth level of Tumah will be susceptible to. Okay. And Shmuel said, no, the Kohanim were correct because Chagai was actually asking, what is the status of a fifth degree level of Tumah? And they said to him that it was Tahar, correctly. In other words, that was the question. So Rav would say, right again, the Kohanim said that it was Tahar. So if Rav holds that it was a fourth degree Tumah, and Shmuel holds it was a fifth degree Tumah, that would explain why Rav thinks that they were incorrect, and Shmuel thinks that they were correct. Now the question is, how do they count this sequence of events where Rav arrived at a fourth degree, and Shmuel arrived at a fifth degree, as follows. The Gemara asked, Bishlam al Rav, I can understand why, how, how Rav agreed at a fourth degree Tumah, because Hainu Dechsev Arba, Lechem and Ezid Shemin. I understand how Rav agreed at fourth, uh, arrived at saying there was a fourth degree Tumah, because in fact there's four items mentioned in the Pasuk. First you have the bread, then you have the stew, then you have the wine, and then you have the oil. Where did Shmuel come up with the fact that this was a fifth degree Tumah? This is after all, you had a Ava Tumah Vesheretz touching bread, that you would think would bring the bread to be a Rishon Tumah. And the stew is Sheni, Yain becomes a Shlishi, and the Shemin becomes a Revi. So the man says, Is it written that the garment's corner touched the bread? Meaning, 
when you read the Pasuk, it says, it, it says, it doesn't say Venaga Knapo, which would imply that the Sheretz itself touches the bread. That would mean that an Avatoma is touching the bread, creating a Rishonatoma, but rather, Venaga Bichnafoksiv. Rather, it says that the Kohen touched the bread with his garment. Which is to say, that he touched the bread with that which touched the sherets that's in the corner of his garment. Which is to say that the beged itself is the rishon the tumah. So again, if you follow the sequence according to Shmuel, the sherets is the avatuma, the cloth is the rishon the tumah, and then the bread is the sheni the tumah, the stew is the third the tumah, the wine is the fourth the tumah, and then the final item mentioned in the Pasuk of the oil is the fifth Latumah, and that is in fact why the Kohanim were correct according to Shmuel in saying that that fifth Latumah item is in fact not Tameh, it's Tahar. Okay. Now the Gemara says, so, so Rav is saying that it was four, and Shmuel is saying that it was five. So Tashma, let's see if we can refute Rav's opinion over here from the next Pasuk. We had actually uh, multiple Pasukim of, in, in, mentioned in Haggai, what the exchange was between Haggai and Kohanim. So let's read the next Pasuk, see if it implies like Rav or Shmuel, as follows. Says the next Pasuk, Vayomer Haggai imigat me nefesh b'cholele. Haggai said, if a person who is Tameh, in this case, Tameh Nefesh, he's Tameh from a corpse, touches any of these, in other words, a Tameh person touches the bread, let's say, which touches the stew, which touches this, Haitma. okay, so this was question number two in the exam. So the question number one was, there was a Sheretz in his cloth, and then he touched the bread, which touched the stew, etc., etc. Question number two was, he, this individual had touched an actual human corpse, okay, and then after touching the corpse, then he touches the bread, which touches the stew, etc., etc. So, that second question, the Kohanim answered differently. Whereas in the first question, they said it was Tawar. In the second question, they said it's Tameh. Meaning, according to Shmuel, everything makes sense. The first case was where the Sheretz touched the baguette, which touched the bread, and set off a chain reaction, where at the end of it, there was the oil, and it was a fifth of Tumah. And there, the Kohanim said that it was Tawar, and that was great. It's interesting, the Pasuk doesn't say... What Haggai said, right? In other words, Haggai said, um, the puzzle just says, Rav and Shmuel have a machlokas as to whether they, they were correct or not, right? Rav and Shmuel, have the, don't, they don't have the answer key. But anyway, he asked two questions in the Pesukim. In the first case, the Quantum said that it was Tahor. In the second case, where the, the person was touching the Tameh and setting off the chain reaction directly, there they said that it was Tameh. And Shmuel says, well, these guys knew their stuff. In the first case, it was Tahar because it was a fifth Latuma. In the second case, it was Tameh because it was a fourth Latuma. And according to Shmuel, it makes sense that there were two questions. There were two different questions in the exam, testing two different things, and everything worked out. They were correct in both accounts. But according to Rav, who thinks that in the first case they were wrong and that both cases really were supposed to be Tameh, according to Rav, it's kind of a weird exam because both questions are the same question. Why would you have the same question twice on a two-question exam, right? In other words, according to Rav, who says that the Sheretz touched it directly, there's no difference between the first and the second case. And so, why would the Kohanim be wrong the first time and be right the second time? How do they, like, all of a sudden know the Halacha the second time? So Rav doesn't sound like he's, like, like he's reading these Tukim. Once you read the second Pasuk, then it reflects more like the Shmuel in the first Pasuk. It sounds like the first Pasuk is talking about the case, a more indirect case with a Hamish Latumah, and the second case is more and more direct when it's a Revi Latumah. So, how are you going to answer this? So, Rav Nachman is going to attempt to give, uh, to explain Rav here. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rabba Baravua, Bikin him betumas meis, Bain Bikin him betumas sheretz. It could be that the reason why the Kohanim made a mistake in the first and the second, that even if you had like Rav, that the questions were the same, maybe they understood in the second question the concept of Tumas Mace and how that's transferred to reveal a Tumah. But Tumas Sheretz perhaps was a more esoteric type of Tumah that they hadn't studied on the exam. Like they didn't read that part of the textbook. And therefore, when it came to Tumas Sheretz, they got it wrong. So in other words, Rav, again, he's saying that all the Kohanim got a 50, right? Rav holds that they got the first question wrong, the second question right. Shmuel holds the Kohanim got a 100. So... 
that's the difference between failing and, and, and getting an A. So, so, Rav, so, so what Rav Nachman is saying here is that the reason Rav could say that they got a 50 and they failed is because they did not know too much Sheretz, and that's why he feels that they got it wrong in the first one. But really, both questions were asking the same question with respect to the degree of Tumah. Okay. Or another possibility, Ravina Amar, Hasan Ravi, Hachar Shalishi. Oh, how's the, how so? He says, because when referring to the Sheretz, right, so even if the Sheretz touches it directly, right, so that brought them to the fourth level of Tumah. Maybe they were not aware that anything could actually become Tumah, from a fourth degree tumma, because that is, after all, four degrees of separation. That's, but hachar shlishi. But don't forget, the case in the second pasuk, you're talking about an actual corpse. A human corpse is a totally different level of tumma. It's not an avatumma, it's an avi avosatumma. Something which touches the corpse actually becomes an avatumma, which would mean that the bread became an avatumma, and then the stew became a rishon, and then the wine became a sheni. And by the time you got to the oil, it actually was not a chamishi or a vi, but only a shlishi latumma in that second case. So Ravina is suggesting, perhaps this was the mistake of the Kohanim, that they all knew that a third degree tumma is going to become tamay. They just didn't know that a fourth degree tumma is going to be tamay, and therefore we can explain why Rav thinks that they got a 50 in the exam, where they, got, they thought the first one was tahar erroneously, and the second one they were correct in saying that it was tamay. Okay, so that was a challenge to Rav. Now we're going to challenge Shmuel. And see what's going on. Isn't this interesting? I love this stuff. Come on, this is this uh, this is brings you back to school. The all different kinds of testing. Like I said, hopefully we'll get this exam soon. We're gonna do great. Okay, Tashma. Vayan Chagai. Okay, next pasuk. So then what happened? So next pasuk is Chagai answered. He spoke up. So is this people and this whole Am, this whole nation in front of me says Hashem. And everything that they offer, you have to know the rest of the pasuk. What is he referring to? All these people and all of what they do is Tameh. So the third pasuk, okay, is, again, the first pasuk was the first question of the exam. Second pasuk was the second question of the exam. Now in the third pasuk, Chagai is actually answering. The teacher is telling the, the, the students how they did on their test. They're getting their test back. And what is Chagai saying when they're getting the test back? He says, you guys are all tummy. Everything's tummy. Nobody knew anything. You all failed. That's what it sounds like. So Bishlam well, that makes sense according to Rav, because according to Rav, they got a 50. And 50, as we know, is a failing grade. And Rav said that they got the first question wrong. So that's why Chagai answered and says, all of you guys all failed. Right? He was very, this was very discouraging. Right? He says, uh oh, we're not ready for this base of English. You guys don't know anything. You guys you, you have a lot to learn. But if everything was hunky dory, as Shmuel suggests, and the Kohanim got both questions right, so then why is it written in the Pasuk so negatively that Chagai's response as the teacher is that they all failed? What did they fail? They all got hundreds. They all got A. It's amazing. So the Gemara answers, Chagai was wondering. He was saying it in a laudatory fashion. You're reading the Pasuk wrong. He was saying, since they're so good in Tar, in Tahoros, um, is there anything that they can offer that is Tameh? In other words, he was saying it in a nice way. Haggai was saying, wow, you guys are great. He was saying it Belushan to me, so to speak. He was saying it as a question. Is there anything that I can get past you guys that could make it Tameh? You guys are amazing. Okay. So, so the Gemara rejects, however, the positive connotation that we're suggesting here and says, No. He says, no, and also all of your stuff is Tameh. So it doesn't sound like he's talking about the students, and he doesn't sound like you can read it in such a way that he's being positive. It sounds like he's actually being despondent and talking in practical terms about the fact that everything is Tameh. So Amar, so the Gemara has to concede that. And Amar It could be, okay, that they had some corrupt, right, over the years of the Gullahs that developed some corrupt habits, and therefore the Pasuk, so maybe for now they were okay. In other words, Shmuel could say that even though they got 100, he was talking in a sort of like negative tone because they had developed some bad habits and already the Pasuk is Already the Pasuk is anticipating that it's as if they offered in a state of Tumah because they saw some of the corruption that was to come. Okay, so now back to our original topic. The topic of liquids and Rabbi Yosef and Yosef's testimony six lines down in the wide as follows. Gufa. Let's go back. 
right, to, to liquids and tummy. Rav, tani, mashke, base, mit, we said, right, that, that we're excluding, that it's only blood and water that becomes tummy. The Levi, tani, mashke, bay, mit, And Levi holds, right, that all of, even the wine and the oil, everything on the Mizbeach becomes tummy. This is a way of saying, again, as we said before, that Rav holds that the, that the mashkim in general, midar, raisa, are going to be, um, tahor, and Levi holds that, no, all the mashkim are going to be, even midar, raisa, are going to be tummy. So the Gemara says, Le Levi, hanicha, isvir, leikish, Right, the Amar, the Dachan Miltame to Masacherim. So now we're kind of putting everything together, like a jigsaw puzzle. So according to Levi, who holds that the that the liquids can become Tame, I can understand that according to Shmuel, right? He says that the, 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 he says Dachan Miltame to Masacherim. Dachan, as we said yesterday, means Tahor. That the liquids are going to be Tahor in the sense that they are not going to contaminate other things. But they themselves do become Tame. Okay, so Meshkachasla. So, right, in that case, you could find that it's true, because in the second case of Chagai, the oil is going to become Tame. The Nage Kulo Berishon. That explains all the items on the list, because after all, in the case of Chagai, do we have liquids? Yes. But we don't have the Bay Mit Bechaya. We, we have the Bay Mit Bechaya, right? We don't have blood and water in that case, but we do have wine and oil as part of that chain reaction. And therefore, we can understand, right, how it would indeed become Tame, according to him, right, because they're going to be Right, because they're on the list. According to Levi, those liquids are, in fact, on the list of the chain reaction. And if Levi holds it, they can become Tame. So then, so then that's why the question makes sense. The question the Chagai asked makes sense. All the psukim the Chagai asked, I mean, this is sort of the elephant in the room, right? The Pasuk has wine and oil as part of the chain reaction. So if, in fact, Rav holds that wine and oil don't don't uh, transfer Toma, so then how, how is the question get off the ground? Everything's going to be Tahar. So the Gemara says, Al-Kohach has to be that Levi holds like Shmuel, right? That, right, that the liquid, that the liquid themselves, in fact, uh, can become Tame. In other words, that he meant to exclude, right, all those, all those beverages only from contaminating other things, but it has to be that, that it's referring to only the water and the oil, but in fact, the wine and the, um, I'm sorry, yeah, and the wine and, and, I'm sorry, the water and the blood. But the wine and the oil do become tummy. Okay, 11 lines up from the bottom. Gemara the turns back to, to Shmuel. Right, so we understand that Shmuel, right, who, who said before, remember, the Machokas Rav Shmuel as to whether the Kohanim made a mistake, and they said that the first case was Tahar. So Shmuel said that they were correct, right, they got 100. So according to Shmuel, it makes sense if you hold like Rav, right, because if, if in fact, right, that they, that it's Tahar, then it makes sense because he's saying that, um, it's referring to, that when you say that the, that the, the um, that the mashkim are tar, they're referring to the bay mit bechaya, to the water and the blood. Right? But the wine and the oil can in fact contaminate other things, and therefore we can understand why Shmuel had to explain that the reason why the Kohanim were correct was because of the chamishi latoma. Right? Ravi hu delo avid, chamishi. Right? That Ravi, that, that since Ravi can't make any, can't make oil of Kodesh a Chamishi, right? Because not even Kachim, even though they're the most susceptible to Tuma, they are susceptible to Ravi, but they're not susceptible to Chamishi Tuma, and that's why we have to explain that it had to do with degree of, right, of, of separation, which was the reason why it was Tahar in the first, in the first question. But Hashlishi Ovid Ravi, but certainly a third degree Tuma can make something fourth degree Tuma. But if we had like Levi, the Tani Mashke made Midbechaya, but if you had like Levi, who was saying that all of these beverages, um, are, and therefore, right, are in fact Tahar, and therefore Kodesh can't contaminate anything else, right? When you hold Beimid Bechai, again, the question was, Yosef Benyaz said that the liquids are Tahar, so that they're not capable of transferring Tumah. So if you say bay mit bechaya, so that makes sense because that's just blood and water can't confer tuma and doesn't have to do with our pasuk in the Chagai. That's what we're doing. We're trying to meld these two together and see how they all fit. Because, but the pasuk in Chagai isn't talking about blood and water. The pasuk in Chagai is talking about oil and wine. So if you hold, like Levi, however, who says that this entire statement that the, that the liquids don't transfer to Tumah is referring to oil and wine as well, then ask the Gemara, might you reveal the love of Chamishi? 
Right? The, the order of the transference here was bread to stew, right? To oil to wine, or to wine to oil. So it doesn't matter. The last two right liquids, the last two items here in the chain reaction were liquid. And therefore, if liquids, in fact, are not going to confer tumma, if you hold bay mid bechaya, then in fact it wouldn't matter. The whole question on the test doesn't matter because we're not talking about revid to chamishi or any of those things. By the time it gets to the second or the third tumma, you're already talking about a liquid that can't confer tumma. So the Gemara concedes, we have to hold, right, like Rav, right, who holds that it's mit bechaya. That when Rav Yosef and Yoezer gave his edus on that fateful day of edus, when they opened up the, right, the walls of the base, of the, uh, base Medrash, and Mazachas edus, um, he was, and Rav Lazar and Azariah became, right, the head of the yeshiva for that day. So on that fateful day, when he gave a testimony, right, that, that uh, liquids are not going to confer tumah, he was referring only, we have to say, if you're going to say that the Pesach in Chagai makes any sense, we have to say, like Rav, that he was referring to the Bey Mit Bechaya, but not to the Bey Miz Bechaya. He was referring only to blood and to water. He was not referring to oil and wine. Okay, so seven lines up. You're going to talk about the different versions of the understanding of this testimony. Again, Yosef and Yoezer each Shtranya. Tanya Kavasei the Rav, which you mentioned yesterday. Tanya Kavasei the Rav, Tanya Kavasei the Levi. We do have rices that support both Rav and Levi in this as follows. Tanya Kavasei the Levi. As follows, the Hadam Hayain Vashem Vamayim Mashke Bay Mashke Bay Midbichaya Shinitmu Bifnim Votsi on the Chutz. Right. So Levi again said that this whole idea that the liquids don't transfer tumma is referring to all the beverages. Right. How, how, do, we get, how do we get from? Uh, from <laughs> I, know, I got startled. What? How do we get from Pesach into all the tumma? Oh my gosh! Where were you yesterday? All right, listen, you have to be very careful about Tumah and Tara because the base of is coming soon, so you have to pay close attention. And we got into it because they were burning chametz. So you think when you burn chametz, you bring all your chametz into one pile and set it on fire. But when Tumah and Tara are going to come into play, when the base of comes, you can't even put the Tameh chametz with the Tara chametz when you set it on fire. It's not, it's not so pashat. And they tried to learn that from how we handle the meats and the oils in, in Kachim. That's how we got into it. All right, so here we go. But you startled me there. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Okay. So Tanya gonna say the lady. No, no, I'm glad, I'm glad. You woke, now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm awake. I, I don't even remember being awake up until now. Okay. Tanya say the Levi. Hadam ba'yayin ba'ashem and ba'amayim. So, okay. It's, okay. With regard, so, Levi held that these mashkim are referring to the, all those, all the four aforementioned, right? The oil, the, the wine, and, and the blood in the water. So, mashkim be'yayin ba'yayin 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 Let's say they became tamay inside the, right, inside the azar, inside the base of Mikdash, and then you took them out. Tahorin. So when you take them out, they're considered tahar. However, if they become tame outside, where we all know that they're going to be tame midirabanan at least, then and you bring them in, so they're going to be tame. Now that right, so it sounds like that all four beverages are treated the same way, right? Because it says that if they're nitma bifnim and you bring in the chutz, they're tahar. You get it? In other words, even the even the blood, even the uh, wine and the oil, if they become tame in the base hamikdash, they're going to be considered tahar. They don't become Tameh in the base of Mikdash because they're only Tameh Darabana. And this sounds like Levi, who includes the, those extra two liquids of oil and, um, and wine. So the Gemara says, is that really a riot to Levi? Ain't he. Is it really true, by the way, that if you take a liquid that was contaminated inside the base of Mikdash, you take it outside of the confines of the base of Mikdash, it's going to be tar? The Amr Levi, Mashkebe Lo Amru Dachan Elabim Koman. Rabbi Shubin Levi said that when you have all those liquids that go on the Mizbeach, Right, it was said that they're only tahar in when they're there, when they're on the actual mizbeach or in the actual uh, base of mikdash. But once you take them out, of course they're going to be considered tummy. Doesn't that mean? Doesn't the statement mean to imply that when they were contaminated inside the base of mikdash, that they would become tummy when you take them out? So how could it be that we hold that the halacha is that once you take them out, right, they're going to be tahar? So the Gemara says, Now what it means to do is exclude the case where they were contaminated outside in the base of mikdash and brought them in. That's when. 
right? But 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 when they're inside, they're going to be tahar. But when you bring them out, yeah, they're still going to be tummy when they come outside. So the Gemara says, "I've habim kamen kama." But Shuvan Levi said that they're they're tar only in their place, which means that they should become tummy when you take them outside. So the Gemara says, "Hachi kamar." Okay, okay. Let's just straighten it out because it is confusing. This is what Shuvan Levi meant to say. Lo amru dachan. Dachan means tahar, right? Therefore, it's consistent with the brisa, right? That the, the beverages, these liquids, are only tahar when they're when they're in their place, okay? And so, therefore, the brisa and Rishub and Levi, they're both saying the same thing, right? That in their place, they're going to be tahar, but when you take them out, they're going to be tummy. Okay, so fine. So, right. Um, yes, 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 yes. So now, the Gemara is going to quote a brisa for Rav. Tanya can say the Rav. So we have a brisa for Levi, now let's see like Rav. Rav holds, again, that it's only the blood and the water. So it says... Right, so we have a brisa that says that the liquids of the actual butchering place, when they become tame, then they're going to be, they, when they become, right, they contract tuma, they're going to be, right, tahar. We'll see what the significance here is of as follows. So, okay, so we have this statement, which sounds like it's talking about only blood and water. So that sounds a lot like Rav. So as we turn to Yudzayin Rebbez at the Bonting Time 614, Okay, this this comment, this is consistent with Rav, right? That that the idea, we're going to talk about Kalim versus Karka, but at least it's consistent with Rav in the sense that it's only talking about blood and water, it's not talking about oil and wine. Okay, so now, until now we're going to, so that's basically two prices, one to support Rav and one to support Levi. Now, until now, we thought, well, okay, if something is Tameh Midor Raisa, then it's only then it's going to be Tameh in the base of Mikdash. Uh, however, if something is Tameh Midor Banan, it's going to be Tahar in the base of Mikdash. But now we're going to challenge that a little bit. As follows, Amar Papa, Afil Amanda Amar Tumas Mash Midor Raisa. Even if something is Tameh, even if the liquids are Tameh Midor Raisa, Mash Base Mit Bechaya Hilchasa Gemirile. Wow, an unbelievable thing. You could even say that liquids that become Tameh Midor Raisa are going to, in fact, be Tahor in the base of Mikdash. Because that is, in fact, just like the Tumah of the liquids is Doraisa, so too is the dispensation, the extra halacha that says that they're Tahor in the base of Mikdash is also Doraisa. How so? It's a Milchus Gemirila, which means Allah Moshe Misinai. So we have, even by liquids Doraisa, perhaps that, up until now, this entire time we've been assuming that if something is Tahor in the base of Mikdash, it must mean that it's only Tameh Midarabana. But Rav Papa is turning that entire assumption on its head and saying that it could be tahar in the base of Mikdash, even if it is tahar midar raisa, because we in fact have a lachal moshem sinai that those liquids are tahar in the base of Mikdash. Wow. So is that really true? So I'm like, if you're going to break the Rav Papa, Velahad the Kamar Rabbi Lazar, ain't tumah the mashkin called ikar. Right? We said already this testimony yesterday that Rabbi Lazar says that mashkin don't become tummy at all. That sounds like they don't become tummy midar raisa. Teda. You can know that this is true also. Shere edid, heid, and edid, we have Yosef ben Yosef, Yisreda, a mashkin beimit bechaya, dachan, right? Yosef and Yezer said the same similarly with regards to the base mitzvah that at least with regards to water and uh, blood that they are in fact tahor and if we in fact already had that these things were all tahor in the base of Mikdash then why do we need why do we need Rebbe Lazar and Yosef ben Yezer to teach us that these things are tahor even if they were tame we'd be able to use them in the base of Mikdash so Amalei Ravina Laravashi Yivah Rabbi Shimon Damar Tumas Mashkin Daraisa Rabbi Shimon is the Tanya who says that it's Daraisa The Tanya because we see in the Brisa Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Shimon Amim Lechelim Tahar and Leochlin Tamein Right that with regards we'll see what the difference is between Kelim and Ochlin but he says for the Kelim it's Tahar for the Ochlin it's Tamein the Hacha Kaamar Rabbi Shimon Bechelim Tamein Bekarka Tahar and and so therefore that's why Rabbi Shimon therefore says over here that Bechelim Tamein and Bekarka Tahar, the next level down. Then in Kalim, it's going to be Tameh, and then on the ground, it's going to be he. And if you're going to say that this whole idea of excluding the the um, Mashkim 
is Why do we have these two separate statements with regards to the discussion about Kalim and Karka? Right? It, should, it shouldn't make any difference. Now, when we're talking about Kalim versus Karka, we're talking about where is this water, where the liquids are. Are the liquids, right, on top of the Kalim? Are they on top of the ground? But what would be the difference? Again, why are we saying that there's a distinction between Kalim and Karka with regards to liquids if none of it matters, if we already have a Lachal Moshim Sinai that the Mashkim are, in fact, going to be Tahar regardless in the base of Mikdash? And the Gemara says, Kasha, in the end, that that is, in fact, the difficulty. In other words, basically, we're throwing out this idea of Papa that's a Lachal Moshim Sinai. Amazingly, there is a Machlokas, and this happens, whether, what the Masora is, whether it's coming from whether we have a Allah Moshe Mishinai to this effect. It sounds like from all the other sources, Ravina's explained to Ravashi, it sounds from all these other sources that in fact we do not have a Allah Moshe Mishinai to this effect. And that would in fact um, justify all the other conversations that we have around this concept of the beverages where, when we care, whether it's in the Kalim or in the Karka or the Raisa or the Rabbanon, all of this would not matter if it did. If, if we had a lachal moshe v'sinai that in the base makers we could use it, but because we don't have, but because you see that we discuss it all over the place over here, so it must be that we do not have that lachal moshe v'sinai. Okay, so Amar of Papa, Handa Amas Bekarka Taharin Loshanu Elamayin Avaldam Lo. Clarification on 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 a, on a uh, issue, one of the issues brought up here. We said that when when um, liquid lands on the ground, so we're talking about in the shechting place, right? So the two two liquids fall down, blood and water. So, Mayim, when it hits the ground, that's going to be Tahar, but Dam is not going to be Tahar, even if it's on the ground. Umayim Nami, and even water, when it falls on the ground, it's only going to be Tahar when there's a Revius full of it. What are we talking about here? A makeshift mikvah, right? If you have a Revius of water on the ground, you're allowed to immerse needles and tiny things, and Mida Orisa, that's going to be water. So, basically, the concept here is when water collects to any degree, it's Metahar. Okay, of a law of your is tamein. But if it doesn't collect, it's just kind of like droplets, those are tamein. So we see water as that unique property that when it's in droplets, it can in fact be tamein. However, when it's collected in a revius or more, it becomes a mikvah. Okay, so now back to yesterday's daf. We talked about suffix tuma with regards to the liquids. Amamah, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Lakal tamein. That, that anything that might have touched Tomei, that, right, the halacha is that it's tamein out of doubt, and we're going to say that it is in fact going to be machmir. The name of the suffix Rabbi Yehuda. Tumas mashkin atamik tumas kalim do raisa. Are you trying to say that Yehuda holds that tuma that that the that the, that the tuma of liquids is in fact do raisa? That's not. But we already learned in the Mishnah, right? Really, it's a brisa, but it sounds like the Mishnah in Kalim that says, which is the biggest mesecha uh, in Shas. Kol hakalim shiesh lahen achor and vasoch. Right? Any kalim, right, the biggest, the most Mishnah is any any kalim that have an exterior and an interior. Right, like pillows, cushions, sacks, bags. So, right, all these things that have an, an interior. If the inside becomes tame, then the outside becomes tame perforce. However, if it only gets tame on the outside, the inside does not become tame. So, I'm Yehuda, the Mashkin. Right, that's only if they become tame from liquids. But if an actual sheretz it lands on it, then nitmatocho, nitmagabo, nitmagabo, nitmatocho. So again, what Rabbi Yehuda is saying here is the halacha of kalim. If a sheretz touches a kli, then it doesn't matter if it falls inside the kli or outside the kli, the entire kli is going to be tummy. However, if liquids touch a kli, so if liquids, let's say you have a cup full of tummy liquid, so then the whole cup is going to become tummy. But if liquid only gets spritzed on the outside of the cup, the interior of the cup is still going to be tahar. Wow. So And the question then becomes, if in fact the Tumah powers of liquids are Midar Raisa, then they should be no different than the Tumah powers of a Sheretz, and there should be no distinction. Therefore, liquids, just like a Sheretz, if liquids touch the cup on the outside, they should also be Metame the cup on the inside. So therefore, the Gemara answers them, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah had to go back on his ruling, and in fact conclude at the end that that, it, that liquids, based off of that Mishnah, or that Brisa that sounds like the Mishnah in Kalim, we have to conclude, to concede, that liquids are in fact only tummy midor abanum. 
Or alternatively, Ravina Amar Laolam Laodar. Maybe Ravina stuck his ground and he said that the liquids are in fact Tamidaraisa, but Habim Mashkin and Bai Machmas Yedaim, Habim Mashkin and Bai Machmas Sheretz. It could be that, bever- that beverages and liquids became Tamid by a Sheretz, right? The assumption here is that Tumma with hands is more Darabonon. This becomes a topic because it's not so simple to say that, because in fact the Tumma that comes from the Sheretz might also be Midarabonon. But be that as it may, the assumption at this point in the Gemara is that Tumma that comes from the Yadaim are more Darabonon than Tumma comes from the Sheretz. To which the Gemara says, Yachi Adetani, but Machmas Mashkin. Right? Instead, Adetani. Concerning what was I talking about? When they were contaminated by the liquids. But they should, they, they should have taught with regards to the beverages and stuff as follows. If in fact it was true that there was the distinction was between the sherets and the adaim, then that would have been the machokis. They wouldn't have mentioned the difference between outside and inside. These attempts to bring back Rabbi Yehuda are not going to be uh, met with success. In fact, Rabbi Yehuda retracted and in fact held that these sources do in fact show that the tumah of the mashkin is only Midura Bonin. We'll stop here. Six lines up on the bottom of your Zainab base.